Welcome to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. Each week we sit down and discuss our favorite lore topics from within the Destiny universe. Specifically, we intend to take a close look at a specific question that has been nagging us and potentially the Destiny community as a whole. To fulfill that, our discussions tend to assume that you already have some background in the Destiny lore. Despite that, our goal is to be as lighthearted and welcoming to everyone as possible. With that out of the way, let's dive into this week's topic. Um. Alright, welcome to the Spinful of Theory podcast, episode 62. Wow. Yeah, we've been here for We're doing a, pretty good. a little bit of a while there, like, now, yeah. Um. Tonight's theory is, did Kepri Sting used to belong to Omar? Is is he the origin of that armor? And this, the crux of this really uh, leans on, there's a symbol on the Xenophage, which as we all know is where Omar ended up. Poor Omar. I, I mean... Yes, poor Omar. I don't I don't want to disparage any of those sentiments. But I also kind of feel like if you did get flayed by the hive, rebuilt, and then got to be repurposed in a gun that, ex- you know, almost exclusively killed hive, war-wise, that's not the worst fate. But the, the idea of the theory here is... That going back to Kepri's sting, there's some uh, symbolism or symbology, if you're fans of certain movies, that sort of lead to a couple connections that maybe Kepri's sting was something that Omar wore before the... Uh, sort of original Crotus fire team, Dark Below Crack, uh, fire team that led into us following them, him, Eris, and uh, a few other notable characters into the move. So the crux of this really sits on that there's some familial... Oh, there's some familiar symbols that are both on Kepri Sting and on the Xenophage. And so the theory really rests upon the idea that Kepri Sting originally was perhaps an armament that Omar wore. Okay. I dig it, I dig it. Right? And this goes back to sort of like Egyptian beetle uh, uh, symbolism and uh, a couple other uh, relating marks between the two. But that's that's really the the crux of everything. Um, So personally, I think there's a great link here. Because I think the idea of something... Because if I recall correctly, when Kepri Sting came out, it was part of I want to say the Dark Below but possibly No, it was added in House of Wolves. House of Wolves? Yes, back in D1. It was a Destiny 1 exotic that was brought back to Destiny 2. I Ooh. first got it when I was doing Crown of Sorrows day 1. I just randomly got I no, I remember getting it. When doing, we were doing Crown of Sorrows, day one, and we were at the boss, and a random hive guy dropped in. I was like, ooh, an exotic, and I grabbed it, and I was like, guys, look, I got a beetle. And I put it on, and we wiped after that, and I just, because I was the first one who had gotten it. So everyone kind of crowded around me, and the beetle started moving, and everyone freaked out. They're like, <laughs> what the fuck? The beetle, it moves. What is this? They're freaking out. It's funny. I love it. I love it. Um, I think that also kind of like lends into the lore here, though. 
definitely. It was, it was kind of a like sudden drop. Yeah, just proof gone, proof in right? my hands, and I'm like, okay. How do I even know? How do I even know? Mm. But yeah, um, so for me, the connection between the uh, sort of the uh, symbolism is really. Oh, excuse me, is really on, on point here, though, because where do we find Omar again? Tiny bug. The tiny bug inside the xenophage. Tiny bug, he's like, I become something smaller. Doesn't matter, though, I'm still angry. He's like, I still anger. Mm -hmm. All I feel is anger, and I'm like, okay, buddy. All he wants is revenge. Yes. And so for me, I I think there's a lot of connective tissue there, especially with the symbolism, symbology, if you will. Symbolism. Right? Uh, between certain marks on both that item, the xenophage, and, and its base. Uh, yeah. You can put a, sh you can put a uh, sort of a, a skin, skin on it, or yeah. shader, yeah. Ornament, that's the word. We're so Ornament, smart. Yes. Ah. And I hear if you do the uh, the Christmas ornament, the dawning, I think it was, but the uh, yeah. the Christmas ornament, uh, he has a little Santa hat on. He does. I specifically bought that ornament because it gives Omar a little Santa hat. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I'm like, well, I gotta do this now. So this all goes back to when. The Kepri Sting was first introduced was as a sort of reflective mark on the Dark Below expansion. I think yeah. it was after, but it was a reflective yeah, no, mark. Yeah, no, definitely. I get that. I see that. And so for me, I think there's a lot of connection here, especially as how confident Omar was. Yeah, he was a pretty, he was a cocky bastard. I don't know, I don't know if he was a bastard. Because he was just kind of like, oh, this is weird. And then uh, Toland was like, hunters, go hunt. And he was like, well, okay. Well, okay then, fine. Maybe that, I will. That is what we do. And then he ended up getting flayed for his light. Oofed. Big oofed. So, Lucy, I'm going to pass the puck to you, like... Pass the puck to me? Okay. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are your thoughts on... Well, though, I definitely... I pulled a Kefri Sing Sting from my collections, and I'm looking at it. The beetle moves. It still freaks me out. It just irks me. Like, why do they have to make it move? It's so creepy. It always moved. I know, oh, but I didn't notice that it moved in D1. I, I didn't really wear... Kefri's sting. And do you want... Wait till you look at the young Amkara's bones. Those move too. But not... Not with the, um... The, what's ornament? it called? The one ornament, yeah. That's concerning. Lovely. But no, definitely, because I have the, the armor... I was mainly looking at the armor perk symbol. And then the xenophage symbol. Uh, they're definitely similar. Not the same, but they're definitely similar. I can see some resemblance, is what I'm saying. I can see how this could have been Omar's. So You know, he's a hunter. He is he a hunter. He does his hunter do. He is... Yeah, exactly. He is... He is... He is a uh, very being in the hunter community but like do you think there's do you think there are any like flaws or like any any like kind of chinks in this like is there anyone else you think this might be in reference to um not sure but if you look at the lore of Kefri Stig 
It talks about another hunter and a titan talking, and she's wearing it. And he's all like... Oh, yeah? Interestingly enough, the titan is wearing Kefri's horn. Which is a different exotic, so they're Kefri. Because the hunter says, or the titan... Says, ah, uh, we're both wearing beetles, which mm. makes me lead to believe that he's wearing Kefri's horn. And then the hunter's wearing Kefri's stick. That's really my only. Oh, excuse me. That's really my only. Uh... Do you think I guess... there is like a larger lore to Kefri's that we haven't considered yet? It is possible. Because I was Oh my god, I just realized this. Ooh. The Kefri's horn lore is the same lore as Kefri's sting, just this one's from the Titan's perspective. Oh, do go on. This is funny. So, in the Hunter one, is basically... Uh... Yeah, they're basically... I think the hunter... Yeah, the hunter one is first, and then the titan one. Or it's definitely the same... It's definitely the same two people. Go on. They're not named at all. That's the unfortunate part. But... This is kind of funny. I didn't realize this. Never realized this. How could I have never known? But, um... Anyways. The gist of it is... Is the hunter... And Titan, they're in this, like, window. They're in, the, they're in front of this window, and they're just, like, chit-chatting. And, uh, Titan's just like... You know what they say about hunters, right? And then the hunter's like, yeah, everything you've heard about hunters is true. All of it. He's all just like... Okay. <laughs> and the titan gets shot by a vex. Like a vex uh, harp, hobgoblin and dies. And then he comes back and the hunter's sitting over the vex guy just oh, chilling. Snap. Oh snap. And and then you, they're all like, woo, mission accomplished. They did it. Yay. And then the Titan was like, the Hunter's like, oh, on to that other mission we were discussing. And he's like, uh, and if we're both wearing beetles? And the Hunter was like, you know what else they say about Hunters? We're good at adapting. And it's just like, what? It's just like just a random little thing. And then the Titan one is pretty much... Uh, the same, but it's a titan saying, uh, you know what they say about titans? And then the hunter's like, well, what do they say about titans? And he's like, oh, well, you know. Go and, on. And he's like, all right, all right, it's a joke, so don't knock me for this one. Titans are like beetles. <laughs> impervious until they get knocked on their back. Um, all in good taste, of course. It's just, it's funny. I just think it's funny. Because they're both wearing beetle armor, and yet they're making jokes about... It's just a nice little wholesome lore, I guess. It's just this nice little interaction between these two guardians who happen to be wearing beetle armor. It's just so funny. I can kind of dig it too. I feel like But but we do know that multiple exotics exist. So it could this could have this could have taken place after Omar's. Like there are multiple last words, there are multiple thorns technically. And I think the same is true with exotic armor.
like we see Sean Ha or Shahan or whatever, you know, Cosmodrome dude. He's wearing young Ahamkara spines, but other people like you, uh, the player can also have their own pair of young Ahamkara spines. Like, there's multiple exotics. Well, I guess maybe there's more more than one young Ahamkara who got their spines taken. Ow, that sounds painful. I mean, there was the but Great yes. Hunt, though. Maybe they had it coming. Yes, you, you're. You're right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, if if all things are equal, Kepri Sting being sort of referenced as a live little beetle. Yes. On your arm. Yes. And that symbol sort of being referenced on Xenophage. Do you think maybe Kepri Sting was something Omar took with him into that Dark Below raid? It's possible. I think so. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just thinking, because... Well, then, really, what I think is that how did it get out? Do you think maybe it crawled out of the Hellmouth? Possibly. It's a bug. It probably crawled away. A paracausal beetle, you say? Hmm. 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 Yes. Now, I'm here. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this groundwork now. Huh. That's I'm gonna, interesting. I'm going to lay this here. What if that beetle is a manifestation of Omar's light? Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, like, what if... What if that's something he conjured... With, like, a hard light, like, manifestation. Definitely interesting. <laughs> I, I, I bring that up to say, uh, Guardians have been able to imbue their light into objects. They've been able to yeah. imbue their light into, uh other beings and this isn't even limited to guardians but keeping that all within context of the theory if kepri sting like what if you had a situation where kepri sting the little the little beetle on the edge of it was an imbuement of omar's light before he was taken, it's not necessarily to say that this was all of his light. Like as a last act or some like silly shit like that. But maybe he was the first person to manifest it because when you go to the Xenophage, you see like similar markings of the beetle shape. Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely see it. But that also raises the question, did, like... <laughs> well, alright, you see that marking on the... On on the weapon. But one thing that really... Kind of grinds my gears is we don't get how the Xenophage was constructed. Like, who did it? Who repurposed yeah. what Marcus was? Yeah... I don't know, Lucy. You got any thoughts there? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I can definitely see it. Because, you know, it's a bug-themed exotic. The guy literally became a bug. Literally. And then... I can definitely see it. My only issue with the bug. It's a very big bug. It's a very, I guess, without any shaders on it. It's a very shiny bug. 
But if I was a thrall and I was hungry, I'd see that shiny bug and I'd be like, Mmm, dinner. Dinner time. Dinner time, bug. And then I'd eat it for breakfast. If I was a hive. Thrall. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how would the... Unless this bug... It's like a super bug. I mean, Caffrey Sting, it does do poison damage, so... It would be a poisonous bug, so I try to eat it. And it poisons me, and I die. Blech. Now I'm I a dental. I say in D1. No, no, in D1 it, it, was, it gave, uh... You got, um... Whenever you would melee someone from behind, it would do the same effect as, like, a thorn. Like, being shot with thorn, you know, like, the green... Is extra damage. Like effect. Like yeah, it was the stab. extra damage, but they made it look like it was poison. In the in the perk is also called Touch of Venom. Is that the one that also allowed you to like kneel and go invisible? I want to say it was. Was oh. it was? Yeah, I want to. I would in... use that sometimes yeah. when I would be doing the Crota raid. Hundred percent. I would wear that. That was the only time. Crotary was on a time I ever played a uh, Blade Dancer. It's I love Blade Dancer. Yeah, no. I, I want. Was... That's why I love the uh, Spectral Blades. It's like Blade Dancer, but grape flavored. <laughs> I like the Void subclasses the most, anyways. They're cool. I'm. I like. I just realized I pretty much run all Void on my characters. I run Nova Bomb on my Warlock. I run Bubble on Titan. I run Tether on Hunter. Really? Yep. So I like grape. Mm-hmm. Purple's my favorite color, so... It's a royal color. It's a pretty so color. So what you're saying is in that Sunny D commercial, you wanted to really know what was up with that purple drink? Purple stuff? Yes. What's in the purple stuff? I must know. But yeah, no. I don't know. I mean, personally, if I wasn't bound by you know, the meta of PvE. That sounds so weird to say that there's a PvE meta. But well, there is, though, isn't there? There is, though, for, like, raids and stuff. I'd run, like... If I could run whatever I wanted, I'd run... Titan, I'd run Arc. Code of Juggernaut. Because I like punching, and I just love the Arc subclass. It's so fun. As a titan, but like it's not useful in raids or anything, so I have to run bubble. Well, don't get me wrong, bubble is cool, but it definitely does not fit. It doesn't fit the head cannon that my titan has. Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of does. She only knows arc and void. She doesn't know solar at all or stasis. She's a baby. Then my warlock will use void. Or arc, and then my t- my hunter uses void and solar. So see, they all use two. They all use two. <laughs> and then my hunter also is is a crazy dark guardian who's now using soulfire. But that's besides the point. Give me soulfire, Bungie. I will ask you this every single day, please. Uh, he's a dark guardian. I yeah, she's a dark guardian. She's a evil. I won't say she's... She's also a Wrathborn, so... Whoopsies! Oh my. Because Wrathborn Guardians are a thing. I could do a whole episode about that if... At a later date. Because Wrathborn... We we can. Wrathborn Guardians are scary, and... They're they're terrifying. They just scare me. Like, I read that in the lore, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god, I'm so glad Sigira sacrificed herself. Because if she hadn't, we would have a Wrathborn Osiris. Think about Osiris. He's pretty powerful. And then, when you're a Wrathborn, you kinda, it's kinda like you're on crack. You're stronger. And stuff. Yeah, like I said, I could do a whole episode about talking about that, but... I mean, we can do a whole episode talking about that. We can, but we would have to do that later. Because right now we're talking about bugs and Kefri Stink. I just appreciate you keeping me on track because I'm, I'm here about to be like, okay, let me push you into this tangent. 
Yeah, proverbially. I could. Proverbially. I'm trying so hard not to, because I know we kind of go on tangents, I by guess. We, if by we you mean me, then yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, by we. I mean, I, I sometimes do, but not as bad as you. No, you do it a I'm, lot. I'm a champion. That's like my whole... That's my whole shtick, is that I can lead us down random avenues of conversation. But the idea that Osiris would be a Wrathborn, my first reactions to that definitely lean a little more toward, like, oh my god, like, why is he so angry? Yeah. Well, not not that he's, that, like, like, a Wrathborn right now, but that, like, if Sagira hadn't sacrificed herself, he would have became a Wrathborn, 120%. Oh, because he would have summoned Zebu Wrath? Well, that's what the, the, that's what the, um, High Celebrant was in the middle of doing. The High Celebrant was like, okay, I'm gonna make you a Wrathborn, and Sagira's like, LOL, no! Reverse Uno. Get out of here. Double you just delete us. Uno reversed. <laughs> Get out. But yeah. Done is. Yeah, I could definitely do a whole whole nother episode about that because I've been I looked into the lore about how that would work. It's scary. It's scary. I don't like. You don't like how it ends up for the, uh... For the Guardians. It's just, it's, it's a bad time, because there actually is... I wouldn't say a Wrathborn guard. I mean, they were able to get out of it, kinda, but... The Whispers still persist even after they died. Like, they died and came back, and they could still hear the Whispers. Which is, oh, so fun. It's like the viral language that Savathun does, but worse. Well, I mean, I feel like it's 100% on brand at that point, because then you have, you're talking about, uh, wish dragons and... Clay. And, like, the darkness and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're meant to pull at yeah. you when you're, when you're meant to be at a moment of rest. Definitely. If that makes the sense. Okay. So. Going back to this. Sort of like. Shifting gears back a little bit. Yeah. Do you think there is an opportunity for connection between Omar and Capri Sting? I think so, maybe. Because we don't really have an origin for it. I mean, we just, the lore for Kefir's thing is just a hunter wearing, hunter wearing it and a titan wearing a Kefir's horn and they're just chit-chatting. Like, that's, that's the lore. We don't know where it came from. We don't know where this beetle came from. We don't know anything. And then we go into so the I'm thinking it's possible that Omar was the, like, the first user of Kefri's Sting. And then... Because, from my understanding, all exotics, there's, like, an original somewhere. And all the rest of these are basically copies. Like, 3D printed copies, so to speak. Mm, with some exceptions. With some, except some exceptions, of course. But, like, most of them. Like, I want to say lore-wise, the Dead Man's Tale you have is the literal one. Is the, yes, that is correct. That is the literal for one. For example. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying for, like, most. Like, there's, right. like, the original thorn we turned into Lumina. So, the, any thorn that we have isn't, that's not the original thorn. Mm, it's not. No, it's not. The original... Because, uh... Shin Malfer took the original Thorn and hid it in a... And hid it in a cache. And then we end up opening that cache 
and using that, and we end up purifying the original thorn back into Rose, and then we turn Rose into Lumina. And then it all turns out to be a clever scheme between Shin the Drifter. Yes. And everyone else that we were manipulated into doing. Technically, yes. You can say that. I'm not mad that, like, the outcome doesn't make me angry. But we were I just want to take the... Or- I, I just want to take the original thorn and not turn it into Lumina and take that original thorn and put it in my thorn so my thorn becomes super thorn. Like, we're lucky that... I guess because, yeah, because our thorn is a diluted thorn. It is. For example. It has to be. Otherwise, every time you kill someone in Crucible, that person's character gets deleted. Technically. If it was the OG Thorn. Oh, yeah? Because that thing... Yeah, because, um... Funny enough, uh, Dredge and Yor went into the Crucible. And, uh... It was... Uh... Pannon, I think was his name? One of the guys in, uh... Pahanin, yeah. He was killed by Dredge and Yor in Crucible from Thorn. Permanent kill. That's what Pew. that's what they say. Yes, that's what they say. So but, Oh, I'm sorry. So like that that hand cannon basically the dredging yours version, not the ones that we have. They're the shadows of yore. Because the shadows of yore they even say they go through like a ritual and one of the parts of the ritual is making your own thorn. Like, that's kind of like, you know, not like the... To gain access to Shadows of Yore, you have to do the make your own thorn quest. Not really, but you get the gist of it. But basically, yeah, because they all had their own thorns. Because I remember reading, that was even a thing back in D1, when the Shadows of Yore were just, like, introduced. Here and there, like whispers of them in the lore. At the end, was basically yeah, the shadows of yore. They would make their own copies of Thorn to be edgy edge lords. Yeah. But it wouldn't. It there's. It wasn't as potent, as strong as the original Thorn because they were just they were trying to emulate Dredge and Yore. Well, it's also how they explained it being uh, existing in D one. Uh, that you could get Thorn in D1 and then get it again in D2 uh, is, is one of the lore explanations of those like replica uh, to sort of um, reconcile the idea of how powerful it is in the lore versus like what you have. Yeah, so basically the one that we have is like a watered-down replica. Very, very much so. Ver- version, so. which I think that's cool because... Same thing with Last Word. The Last Word we have is a replica, I would say. A lot of the guns, basically, are replicas. So I'm saying Omar had the original Kefri Sting, and all the other ones that we have are replicas. That's what I'm saying. If that makes any sense. I would agree with that. And and honestly, there's there's a there's actually a uh, a bit of um, note in the Malfeasance. In that uh, he notes in the lore while you're building it back then. He says, like, a lot of people want to say this is trying to recreate the thorn. No, I ain't. Right, right. Like, it's it's different. Different, because um, if we have a fire team and we all shoot at the man with the golden gun, it doesn't dead. matter. Well, it doesn't matter if it gets one of us. We all got him. Exactly, yeah. I always thought that was interesting, even though, like, we find out about, like, the shadows of yore Mm -hmm. and everything. I always thought that was interesting with Dredgen's, like, disdain towards the man with the golden gun. Yet the man with the golden gun and the leaders of the shadows of yore are the same person. Which is interesting. Well, what made me think, what made me think is that what they were preparing you for was not necessarily facing Shin Malfer, because he was in on it. 
It was makes making you face down a light bear who had True. gone rogue. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, well, thank you. This <laughs> is my light theory. But like it, 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 you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I feel like that whole shtick was preparing you for the idea that you might have to fight another guardian. No, no, I definitely, I can see that. I can see that. Because, like, especially with the way things are going right now, with dark guardians popping up now, people being, Mm -hmm. I guess, consumed by darkness, I definitely can see almost a guardian civil war breaking out, almost, with those who align with the dark. Those who align with the dark... And those who align with the light, like, I feel like a side has to be chosen. I mean, like, I, you could say, you know, there is balance, you know. You can use light and dark, but I'm just worried about, because there are already instances of guardians, like, going crazy and killing people because mm-hmm. of the darkness. So, I'm concerned to say the least. Hold on. We've, we've also been member. shown we've also been shown that uh, you know, people in charge of the light aren't necessarily uh, wholeheartedly trustworthy. Yeah, no. Or people on the no, side of the light aren't necessarily wholeheartedly trustworthy. So I think that lends to your point. I think there may be, you know, maybe not to the point of like a Marvel Comics Civil War. Yeah, no, no. But I think there might be like some decision making that we have to make, and there may be like there may be like sides that uh, are determined need to be chosen. Yeah, hold on. The trials of Osiris Sword. Need to remember what it's called. <laughs> What's the sword called? What is the sword? Solus Scar. The sword of Osiris. No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that a person. Ah. I found it. I found it. What you got? It was um I remember was the temptation's hook. It was the temptation's hook floor. I think it was. No? Mm -hmm. Is it? Oh, no, it wasn't. (laughs) Where is this ref? Okay, I'm just going to look up this person. I don't know. Where is it? I'm going to look up this. So basically, that warlock I was telling you about, uh, Sola Scaith, is basically... uh, she was originally part of the Vanguard, or a affiliated with the Vanguard mm-hmm. and Guardians. And then she said, screw you guys, and killed, uh, wait, she killed uh, Siegfried? That bitch. Sorry. I didn't realize she had killed him. Um, she, uh, was a very, she's very just, went, went kind of. She was the one who went crazy in the in the trials match, and Saint Fourteen had to intervene. I couldn't think of her name. Now that I know her name, I can find her. Hmm. Ah, is it the scholar? It is the scholar. It's the scholar lore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, so basically, this is what happens, is she, uh, literally, she runs a void, and she literally put a void grenade inside someone's, and was basically, like, clawing the person open with void, and is like, I'm going to basically dissect you, right now, in the middle of a trials match. (laughs) And the, the person's screaming, and then, like, uh... Saint-14 basically just, like, 
he literally transmats into the match and he's like he's like warlock this is too far and she's all like, Trials has gone soft. I'm an edgy edgelord. And he's just like, get out. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. And then she look, goes off and leaves. And then she starts torturing people in a uh, house. The, uh. Elixir that are like trying to leave Europa. She starts torturing them, trying to find out information about Stasis. She goes crazy. Oh no, it's a little more than uh, you know beyond the deep end. She and then Anor, lovely Anor. Oh God, the one. Anor she, the rogue cop. Anor the cop who's taken justice into her own hands Dude. is tasked by a, is tasked by a court to bring Sola in. But she but isn't. Will she, will she? No, of but course she isn't not. Though. But she isn't, though. Anor, Anor's whole purpose was to be the bad cop where, like, her chief told her not to do something, and she was like, no, I need to extra this yes. justice. Yeah. Basically, um... Oh, she didn't actually kill, kill Siegfried. Okay, she just killed him. She killed them and, and then collected he came... their ghost. Yes. Uh, but she also did kill people. She torched that building. Pretty much, yes. That could have had anyone in it. And that's where you say, like, oh. Yeah. She, well, like, no, I guess it seems, um... She was, yeah, she basically Sola ended up She's also in the Eye of Solar? Oh, right. This is before she goes cuckoo. But I'm pretty sure it's the same warlock in the, uh... In the... Trial Sword. Sola's Scar. I don't want to... Get... <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of it. I'm mad. It's no worries. It's no worries. I'm in a rare move as Taylor B. on this show. Gonna move us beyond the tangent. I'm sorry about the tangent. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. But let, let's recognize that, oh my god, it's Taylor B. for once doing it. I know, right? I was incorrect. <laughs> um, the Skola's Scar lore talks about a different guardian who Ooh. went dark and crazy named uh, Treshen. So, it's not just a one-time incident. This has happened multiple times. So, this is concerning. And I am concerned. I concur. But, again, tangent. Apologize. No, no, don't Whoops. apologize. You're totally on brand for the show. Don't ever apologize. But in a rare move, especially after last, after like two episodes ago where you had to rein me in real hard, mm-hmm. I get to pull it back. So... <laughs> Alright, alright. So Lucy if you had to if you had to take this one, what's your final score on this one? Final score on this one. I give this uh Hmm. Seventy five hive worms. Ooh, okay. I can dig it. I just picked a I know we we pick random. Could you things, call it seventy five but... worms? Yeah, 75. Yes. 70 high bumps. 75. That's funny. <laughs> but, um, I definitely could see it being originally his exotic, and then, you know, we have like a replica version of it, because, you know, it kind of died with him. Mm hmm. But, I mean, I can definitely see it. But I guess the caveat is, I mean, we don't really have enough... We don't know the origin of Kefri's Sting. Right. So, that's really my only caveat. But I mean, like, it could have just... It could have been Omar's, which kind of makes it kind of ironic what happened to him. Mm -hmm. He wore... He wears bug-themed armor, and he gets turned into a bug. It is very ironic. 
little I'd on say. the nose, but very on brand for the hive. Yes. Um, I can dig it. I think for me, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it... 122 and one-eighths plausibilities. Okay. <laughs> because I feel like this could this could easily operate within within a cogent universe if if Mungie or the narrative team ever chooses to expand it upon it. If they don't, I definitely, definitely. Yeah, if they don't ever though, yeah, it, then it doesn't work. Then it just remains a theory. So that's that's where I'm at with that. And I gave my favorite teenage ninja turtle reference as the, uh, the as the number there. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the only, you know, if I had to crank it up to 11, and the connective tissue I would really need is, I think, kind of what you were alluding to, but we'll, we'll give you a chance here in a second. Uh, but uh, for me, I would I would just need something that links the Kepri Sting to Omar. I think the, I think the symbolism's already there. Yeah. Um, and I just think it needs that literal, like, narrative, like, by the way, this was Omar's. Like yeah. a little off color. No, I agree. I agree. Would that be the same for you? Yeah. Cranking no. up to eleven. I can dig it. I can dig it. Groovy. Groovy. Well, Lucy, this has been a great episode. You got any shout outs that you want to give? Shout outs. Shout outs. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm so bad at doing the shout outs, man. No, you're you're fine. Every time you shout out you you do it successfully, so, boom. Successfully, yes. I guess I do it successfully. I guess, uh... Why don't you go first? Why do I have to okay. always go first? You um, go first. This gives me time to you think. You know it fair. You know it fair. Uh, my shoutouts this week are going to be, uh... You know, there's been... There's been... A lot going on, and as you saw with the last episode, uh, things, things that are like you know, kind of like negative in, in life that, that you kind of got to recognize and reflect upon. But this week, I'm gonna take maybe a different stroke, and I want to give a shout out to Bungie and there, and I think it might be over by the time this airs, but. Uh, I want to give a shout out to them and their uh, kilts for kids. There, there are uh, many different uh, fundraising opportunities they have. I'll give a shout out to Black Lives Matter DC. Um, you know, there's a lot going on on the front lines here that that they are on the front forefront of and that they uh, organize for and that they do a lot of good with. And uh, so I'll give a shout out to them too. Um, check them out on their twitter uh so that's that's what i got uh using my platform <laughs> as, as i can uh those those are those are my two uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to help in the world and uh you know those are those are two two that hit very very close to my heart so i'll, I'll throw them out there as as a as my shout out Alright, I dig it, I dig it. I think... My... My shout-out is gonna be to... Kind of the same... Thing, like... I know right now, it's probably been said a lot, times are hard, life is rough, etc, 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 you know. This is the new normal. Blah blah. You've heard that basically a lot these year. It's been a over a year since we've been in quarantine and everything else. And I know it's hard. It's really hard for a lot of us. But hopefully things are gonna get better because you know the vaccine and everything. Mm -hmm. So I guess. My shout out is to everyone who's like, you know, being safe, you know, mask, wearing your mask, where, where, where are your goddamn masks, please, mm -hmm. please, common sense, get vaccinated, 
Mm-hmm. For fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. I like, wanna... I'm sorry. Don't do stupid stuff. Just don't be stupid, please. It makes me mad. People are dumb. And it's just like... I don't know. Basically, just don't be stupid, man. Don't do stupid stuff. Just think, if you ever, if you ever are thinking like, hmm, should I do this? Just think. Would, would Saint-14 approve of your decision, man? He's like the most wholesome guy Be the person Saint-14 thinks you are. Exactly. Be the person Saint-14 <laughs> wants you to be. Wholesome Saint-14 moments. There we go. I can take that. And actually, at the end of this recording, I'm reminded of uh, another shout-out I want to give. I want to give a shout-out to Regis Umbra, your clan, and oh, yeah. to Tommy's Ghosts. Hell yeah. Now having a unified server. Heck yeah, we got a unified front now. Hell Boom. yeah. These are friendship clans. They don't need to be, like, one clan. They can just be both clans who are, like, synergizing you guys. Yeah, because, like, originally back in D1, you could have alliances with clans. Mm-hmm. You could, you, so, well, like, you, could you could be allied with clans that weren't your main clan. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that isn't a thing now. Bungie, bring it back, please. It was It'd cool. It'd be too awesome. It would be so awesome Too that awesome. everything would just explode. Our Explosions. Gone. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so... So yeah, I want to give a shout out to Tommy's Ghost and uh, moving to our new home. Uh, happy to be yeah. there. You know, the uh, happy to be welcomed. Happy to uh, to join the collective, as it were. So yeah, that's, that's my shout outs. Um, and with that, everyone... You know, stay safe, continue continue to be your best self, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Toodles. That's the end of this week's topic, but be sure to check out our past and future episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. If you have any questions about this week's topic, want to discuss Destiny Lore with us, or if you just feel like reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at Theory. Or you can email us via spinfoiltheory at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.